The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Coming up in today's newscast, celebrations are breaking out across the country because Israel has just won the 2018 Eurovision. The Israeli army has just demolished yet another terror tunnel under the border with Gaza. And Israel is prepping for the U.S.'s big embassy move to Jerusalem tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, Israel has just won the 2018 Eurovision Song Contest. Our very own Neta Barzilai won over audiences in a star-turning performance last night, clinching Israel's fourth-ever win with her hit song, Toy. Israel hasn't won the Eurovision since 1998, but we all knew this year Neta was going to be a winner. And just take a look. the second highest vote is with 253 points is Cyprus Well, here with me to discuss this historic win is ILTV's Emmanuel Kadosh and ILTV's Nauri Lizaraga, who is a huge, huge <laughs> fan of the Eurovision, perhaps huge our biggest fan. one in the studio. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Natasha. All right, so this is a big deal. This is historic. What was it? What is the feeling in the streets right now? Tell us, guys. You know. All right, so this may be a big deal, but I don't think it's as big of a surprise to us Israelis. No, no. We have been waiting for this moment. We knew she deserved it. You know, she sends such a great message with her song, with her lyrics, with her attitude, with her presence, everything about it. Um, and it is the first win in 20 years since Donna International yeah. with the song Diva, which you love. Well, so. I personally love, I really love that song. But I just got like all the feels whenever I, we were watching this moment right now where yeah. the winner was announced. Was, it was it's crazy. It's like you can't, you can't stop. Yeah, just my, my heart was I racing rewatching the tension <laughs> that you could feel across the country last night in that moment. People were up until 2.30, 3 o'clock I was under the, the blanket just waiting for them. Yeah, you know, and, I didn't the realize. The streets were full yeah, too of I live on a very public street and we were not sleeping until 4.30. There was parties, there was noise, everyone was driving around yeah. honking their horn. It was no, going it was insane. Absolutely, uh, I think it was absolutely crazy. And I think Israel deserved it. Yes. Like, I think the song worked pretty well. I think mm -hmm. uh, it was about the Me Too movement. I think that it was inspired by that. Definitely. And it, it sent a strong message. And Absolutely, especially since, you know, Neta was literally almost directly competing against Cyprus. And that performance was very provocative, very sexual. You have this beautiful, kind of, uh, you know, idealistic, skinny woman right. who was, she was an incredible performer. Yeah. Gotta oh, give I it to her. That, I think that giving, giving to her the performance 
performance, 100%. She performed, look at her, she's a rock star, she's Absolutely. a mini Beyonce, Shakira, mix of both, you know. Well, like, she was definitely giving me some, some Beyonce yeah, tea. Yeah, she was either. definitely giving us some tea, Beyonce teas, exactly. But <laughs> we do have to focus on what Eurovision is all about, and that's, you know, it, like, like Netta said when she accepted the award, thank you for picking different, thank you for picking diversity, which mm. I think was absolutely true and 100% yeah, what I mean, happened Netta, this year. obviously, you know, she doesn't look like the typical rock she star. She says that, yeah. And she says, and she says she's so proud to, you know, have been able to represent women who don't right. kind of fit that mold that they we're talking about. They kept telling her, you know, yeah. I think something very interesting about this Eurovision is that the, the, the vote was very close. Yeah. Like, it's, it was yeah. neck, mm -hmm. neck to neck. Yeah, it was really we nerve-wracking. When I saw Cyprus' performance, I was like, okay, well, we have a problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I'll tell you is that, you know, it was a popular vote that really made this happen for Netan and for Israel because the judges, um, you know, Austria. they liked Austria, they liked Sweden. Israel actually ended up, I think, ranked third or fourth. We were, we were tied, yeah, right. I think, third or fourth. Before the popular vote came in. So. I was shocked, honestly. And yeah. I'm not, I, I think that Austria had a, you know, a great performance overall and uh, things like that, but. Not nearly, <laughs> nearly. I was as, not expecting that at all. Not also. nearly as impressive as Cyprus and, um, and you know, Israel. Well, you and know, they weren't even on the charts. You and know, I'll tell you guys like, something. Netanyahu, the Israeli prime minister, actually opened the weekly cabinet meeting with <laughs> Boker Toy. There you means, go. Good morning. And look at him. He even did the chicken dance. Look at that. The, the, <laughs> I think everyone's going to be doing that uh -huh. for the next year now until oh, Eurovision yeah. is here. And um, I do yeah. have to mention that it was, now that it's going to be in Jerusalem, uh, so when, you know, the 43 countries go one by one and tell everybody their juries and who, you know, what country they gave the 12 points to and all of those things, Israel was actually the only country that wasn't introduced with their city. And after the Eurovision... Or their capital. Right. Yeah. After their, after their, where they were, let's put it that way. Yeah. Afterwards, um, they had, you know, a little panel after the Eurovision on a channel on a new channel here in Israel and they mentioned that and then they also mentioned you're going to be speaking about well, Jerusalem everybody, a lot yeah, more. because what this means this big win actually means that the next Eurovision contest is going to be hosted here in Jerusalem and I cannot wait to see what impact that's going to have on Jerusalem. I think we like, already so virtually have tickets in our head. Like, yeah. We're yeah. there. Yeah, they're oh, going to yeah. be so difficult to get but uh, we, yeah. we have to go there and we have to be from there. Like. Yeah, it's gonna And actually I read somewhere that it's going to be a pretty big price tag hosting an event <laughs> like this yeah. is absolutely insane. In 2015, Austria spent $135 million on their event. Right. And of course, it promotes tourism, you know, it promotes the country, nation branding and everything, but it definitely is Well, yeah, expensive. but you know, listen, uh, estimated 200 million people worldwide were actually watching last this year. This year. Yeah. Yeah. So Bowl, I can't even like. imagine what's, that's more than the Super Bowl. I can't imagine all what's going to happen next worse. year. Um, and especially for pe you know, people to be able to see kind of Jerusalem outside of the political spectrum of, you're, you're always seeing Israel in the news when it comes to kind of negative, right. uh, you know, so political guess, events. Guess what so. people, Israel can be fun also. Yeah. 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 And exactly. she actually mentioned that also. She Afterwards, they asked her in an interview, like, what can we expect from Eurovision in Jerusalem? And she was like, I want to do an Israeli, like, carnival, you know what I mean? Like, well, have well, it be really, and like, she does, she said, Neta there's no Israeli party. Off. You don't, you've never seen an Israeli party Neta can pull this off. All right, well, we're going to actually take a look at the actual winning performance. Um, before we do that, let's get a little chicken dance yeah, in here get with it. this. Everybody in Israel, <laughs> everybody in Israel. So proud. Right All right, let's take a look.
Unfortunately, we're going to have to move to some darker news. Explosions rattled the Gaza border last night when the IDF destroyed yet another terror tunnel threatening to breach Israeli territory. This is the ninth such tunnel that the army has destroyed within the past year. The structure was apparently mere meters from entering Israeli soil, meaning the airstrikes actually targeted the tunnel inside the Gaza Strip. The IDF has confirmed that the tunnel has been successfully neutralized, though some of the structure itself survived the bombing. This is sure to stoke tensions already escalating just 24 hours before the U.S. Embassy officially opens tomorrow in Jerusalem. That ceremony will be paralleled by the climax of the Hamas-sponsored March of Return protest rally along the Gaza border. These bloody clashes have seen more than 40 Palestinians killed by Israeli bullets as protests continue to get increasingly violent. Top security officials say tomorrow's expected turnout will be the bloodiest and most chaotic yet. Hamas leaders say thousands of Palestinians will be overrunning the security barrier and flooding into Israel to reclaim it for Palestine. The IDF has boosted security along the border to prepare for the worst, and security in the holy city of Jerusalem has also been doubled ahead of tomorrow's embassy event. We could be seeing a breakout of protests in East Jerusalem and the West Bank as well. Needless to say, Israelis are bracing for the worst, even as they celebrate the symbolic significance of tomorrow's embassy move. Well, amidst skyrocketing tensions ahead of tomorrow's opening of the new U.S. Embassy, Israel has announced that it will close the Kerem Shalom border crossing with Gaza. This is a central checkpoint for the strip through which key humanitarian aid enters. The crossing is actually being closed because the Palestinians themselves damaged it during this past weekend's rallies when protesters erupted into violence. The damage to the Kerem Shalom checkpoint is so severe that IDF sources estimate it will now cost roughly $9 million to repair it. Israeli maintenance workers will oversee the repairs while the checkpoint is shut down, a situation that will only worsen already terrible conditions within the Strip. Normally, hundreds of trucks bearing fuel and humanitarian aid passes through this checkpoint into Gaza each day. But until the site is repaired, the IDF has confirmed that Kerem Shalom will remain on a total lockdown. The damage was apparently caused when Palestinians in Gaza rallying in the Hamas-sponsored March of Return protest lit their own local 
gas pipelines on fire. The flames spread and severely damaged the checkpoint's conveyor belt and power grid. Israel maintains that it will do its best to make sure humanitarian crossings can still take place. NGOs and human rights groups in Gaza are urging Israel to make sure that wounded protesters can still leave the Strip to seek medical treatment. This warning comes just 24 hours before tomorrow's Gaza protests are set to coincide with the ribbon-cutting ceremony of the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. Many fear this will be a bloody day. Well, we're just 24 hours away from the official opening of the new American embassy in Jerusalem. And in the years to come, architects will be building a brand new embassy building from scratch in the holy city. But in the meantime, the existing American consulate is getting a makeover so that it can officially open for business tomorrow as the nation's official embassy. Trump's ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, has just given reporters a personal sneak peek at what we can expect to see tomorrow. My friends, we are almost ready to open the beautiful new embassy in Jerusalem, Israel. We're so excited. Look around here. We have a beautiful stage getting ready. We have the official seal of the United States Embassy. We have the dedication plaque. They're covered right now, but on Monday they're going to be unveiled. Uh, we are uh, extremely excited. Uh, we look forward to broadcasting live uh, on our Facebook link. The embassy staff is working around the clock to get ready. We're anticipating a beautiful, inspirational, moving event. Renovations on the existing consulate grounds will be finished by this time tomorrow for a historic opening ceremony the country won't soon forget. Jerusalem itself has transformed in ways both seen and unseen in the weeks leading up to tomorrow's big day. While many Israelis are thrilled by Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as their capital, others are dreading that the controversial move will only usher new violence and terror. Jordanians recently held a massive rally in the Jordan Valley to protest the embassy opening. Tomorrow will also mark the climax of the Hamas-sponsored March of Return protest, clashes that promise a bloody finale when the embassy opens its doors tomorrow. Indeed, the majority of the world's ambassadors will actually be boycotting tomorrow's event because they feel Trump's decision has actually harmed chances for true peace in the Middle East. Regardless, tomorrow will mark a new chapter in history books. Well, 32 countries are expected to join Israel and the United States to celebrate tomorrow's historic embassy move. Over 50 countries, however, which include Russia, Egypt, and most of the European Union will actually not attend the day's festivities. The snub is their way of boycotting the embassy move altogether. ILTV's Brett Allen Smith is here with the details. Now, Brett, obviously tomorrow is the culmination of a controversial sure. decision uh, that U.S. President Donald Trump made back in December. What can we expect from the international turnout? So things are kicking off with a big reception tonight, actually. And Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner have actually just landed at the tarmac now, along with U.S. Secretary, uh, Tre Treasury Secretary Steve Minchin, and 12 members of Congress. And they'll be kind of the MC of ceremonies at tonight's gala and tomorrow's, you know, far more exclusive event at the embassy. So far, only a few ambassadors from the EU are even expected to come tonight, and that would be Hungary, the Czech Republic, Austria, and Romania. Interestingly, Austria actually, you know, greatly opposed that original decision by Trump to move the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv. Austria voted with the majority of nations at the UN in favor of the resolution condemning the the unilateral decision to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Yeah, well, those other three countries, Hungary, Romania, and the Czech Republic, um, actually abstained from that UN vote altogether. Right. Now, they didn't vote against it like Israel uh, may have wanted, but clearly they're in favor of the embassy move. Sure, but by abstaining, them, that may have actually given them the opportunity to stay a player in a somewhat different game. I mean, the Palestinian Authority actually just now blames this exact trio of countries for blocking a EU resolution condemning the opening of the embassy. 
So a resolution you know, here, resolution there. What do all these resolutions mean if they're just not you know, legally doing anything? But clearly for a situation where symbolism is so significant, I mean, the transformation of the current consulate into an embassy office itself mm-hmm. is purely symbolic. I mean, obviously these are all very meaningful in a place you know, like, like Jerusalem, no less. So tell me a little bit about what we're going to see tomorrow then. Obviously, most Israeli lawmakers will be at the o- the opening of the new embassy at right. the current U.S. consulate site in Jerusalem. But a few plan to boycott the ceremony altogether, right? Right. right. So that's correct. So Arab lawmakers from the Knesset, as well as the leader of the left-wing uh, Meretz Party, will not be attending. And the event itself tomorrow is actually only open to American and Israeli consulate staff. And the foreign delegation was actually specifically not invited to come. And this may be some kind of a nod to the fact that this is a very controversial day for some people. And obviously the Gaza protests will be hitting a fever pitch at exactly the same time that anger is expected to possibly seep into the West Bank and maybe East Jerusalem as well. So really, we don't know exactly what we're supposed to expect expect Mm. for tomorrow. Yeah, well, obviously we are counting down the minutes until history is made tomorrow. Thanks for joining us, Brett. Of course. The dust is finally beginning to fully settle after last week's massive exchange of fire between Iranian and Israeli forces in Syria. The IDF retaliated with its largest yet operation after dozens of Iranian missiles targeted army bases in northern Israel. And we now believe that those airstrikes killed at least 27 pro-regime fighters, including 11 Iranian nationals. These numbers come from the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights. Tehran has not confirmed whether the reports are accurate. For the moment, IDF officials are cautiously optimistic that the current round of fighting is over. Defense Minister Avigdor Lieberman has confirmed that while Iran is still capable of launching more strikes from Syria, Israel's massive attack has wiped out nearly all of Iran's military infrastructure in the region. Most believe Iran has probably gotten the message that its forces are outmatched and won't be looking for another short-term fight. Despite this optimism, Israel still faces a long-term Iranian threat now that the JCPOA nuclear deal is in limbo. If the deal collapses in the wake of President Donald Trump's controversial decision to withdraw, Iran will likely resume its pursuit of nuclear weapons. Israel would obviously not tolerate such an outcome and is likely prepping its own game plan to prevent such a scenario. All right. Well, yet another major acquisition has been made in Israel. The Japanese camera giant Canon has just purchased the Israeli video analytics firm Briefcam. No financial details about the deal have been revealed, but the deal is believed to be worth $90 million, obviously, for the Israeli startup. That's a handsome return for a company that's raised $15.6 million to date. Briefcam is known for playing an integral role in capturing the suspects of the Boston Marathon bombings with its unique video technology. Both law enforcement and companies around the world deploy Briefcam's rapid video review tech, which can analyze, review, search, and transform video into actionable intelligence. Why does Canon want this tech? Well, the Japanese company wants to deliver an even broader range of leading-edge tech in video management software and network cameras. And clearly, Briefcam has the upper hand. The Israeli company was founded back in 2007 based on video synopsis tech developed at the Hebrew University. But its award-winning products have been deployed across the world, and it looks like their impact is about to be a whole lot bigger. Shopping for clothes online isn't easy. You never actually know if what you order is actually going to fit you correctly. But an Israeli company called Zikit is completely changing how you shop by allowing you to see how different looks will fit on your exact body type through your cell phone. Joining us now in the studio is the co-founder and CEO Yael Wiesel. 
Thank you for coming in. And this is amazing tech that you guys have created. Tell us about it. It's so fun. It's actually the dream that comes true. I think each, each of us has yeah. always kind of dreamed of the ability to see ourselves virtually dressed up with anything. Uh, so we started off three and a half years ago. Uh, actually, it's a very um, regular startup nation story of a company. Yeah. Uh, we're inspired by uh, military-oriented technologies that are connected to mapping technologies of topographies. Interesting. Uh, we thought that, hey... Why not they, map bodies and exactly. then be able to, you know, obviously test out different clothes on these bodies. So so you have a bunch of different models that you photograph. You put them up on this website. It's also an app on your phone, right? Exactly. And then, you know, let's say I'm shopping, um, you know, I want to buy something from Zara. I can actually try out the outfit or the clothes that I'm looking at on a body type that is similar to mine, right? You can actually take your own selfie using our app and then see yourself virtually dressed up with uh, wow. more than uh, millions of outfits that you can put together from the leading brands. We're connected to more than 250 brands, uh, H&M, ASOS, Amazon. Wow. Uh, so you can actually see yourself dressed up with all those items, get size recommendations for many of them, mix and match them yeah. to create outfits. So it's a little bit well, like share from Clueless. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, listen, this is a genius idea because obviously, you know, as a consumer, you're always worrying that you're going to make the wrong purchase. But here it's kind of like testing it out. You know, it's not as if you're in a brick and mortar store, but you still, you know, are able to kind of get a sense of what you'll look like in these outfits. How, I mean, you say that obviously you can take a selfie of yourself and put this on the system and it's pretty accurate, but... Um, has this reduced perhaps returns? I mean, what, what kind of outcome do you see when so people we, use this? We see three uh, Im impacts that okay. our uh, solution actually brings to the market. The first one is that those who actually already buy online, they buy more. Because for now, right now, they can see how they look with different items and kind of it opens the appetite for more items yeah. and kind of get out of your comfort zone with items that... Uh, oh, that's already... for sure, because I would never, you know, I know that I'm scared to try on things that I don't think will look good. I mean, typical store, but if I have the opportunity to kind of look at it visually exactly. from afar online, I might be more into that. So that, this is amazing. What is next for the company? Uh, I'll just say that also those who are not used to shop online clothing items, yeah. that actually uh, uh, let them the opportunity to store shopping online. And these two groups, those who already shop and those yeah. who haven't shopped yet, they reduce uh, they're returnless, so uh, there is a reduction in wow, returns. That's amazing. So yeah, I mean, w what I'm interested to know is you already obviously have so many clients that are working with you. What is the the next step in terms of kind of moving Secret even further? So uh, very soon during the summer and towards the holiday season, you'll be able to find the Zikit experience integrated in the leading brands in America. Uh, and also we're going to be uh, activating a, a shopping booth uh, in stores, in the physical stores, wow. uh, leading the physical stores experience into the future of connected stores, where you can actually see yourself virtually dressed up with all the items in the store. So the you know inventory. what you're going to actually go for. And exactly. And items that, are, that don't exist in the store itself, you'll be able to ask to ship it to your home. So uh, the experience at the physical stores become much more uh, full and, 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 ex and exciting and Absolutely. Oh, well, mean. listen, this is an incredible app and, and company that you've created here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Enjoy. The Hebrew Word of the Day is brought to you by IDC Samrul Pan. Open to everyone. 
All right, well, now it's time for our Hebrew word of the day. Israel has just won the 2018 Eurovision, and I'm pretty sure the country is not going to get over this for quite some time. So today's word is nitzachon, which means triumph in Hebrew. Winning the Eurovision is a big nitzachon for Israel. It's no small feat to convince the entirety of Europe to vote in Israel's favor nowadays. But somehow, I'm not surprised that Israeli performer Neta Barzilai was able to secure a nitzachon. I mean, who doesn't love her quirky chicken moves? Last night when we were watching the Eurovision, I can tell you everybody was on the edge of their seats over here hoping for a nitzachon because it's more than just a prize. It means Israel is going to have an even bigger nitzachon next year. The Eurovision is finally coming to Jerusalem. All right, let's go ahead and take a look at the weather forecast. Tonight should be partly cloudy and warm with a low of about 65 or 18 degrees Celsius. Tomorrow you can expect a chance of rain, but little to no change in temperatures. The high will be around 75 or 24 degrees Celsius.